When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Basketball analysis with over 70 years combined experience. This is the Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman podcast. NBA, some college, a little bit of everything. You know, what can I say? But it wasn't going to happen here with him. I was okay with it because it wasn't about talent, I didn't think. All right, let's get right to it. All right, it's time for the playoff edition. And we'll even get into some NBA draft look-sees with Jeff Goodman coming up here on the Ryan Goodman and Tangway Along for the Ride podcast. Uh, first, we have to tell you that this is brought to you in part by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online, they are the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. They got the latest odds, sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, the conference finals, the NBA championship, Major League Baseball fights, uh, even next season, the NLF futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and, of course, your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. Uh, it's really easy to get started. Just go sign up today. The promo code is CLNS50 to receive 50% off your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Okay, guys, let's get to the, um, the situation in here. I want to start with something I just heard through the grapevine. I'm not sure if it's true yet, but there's been a COVID situation in the Celtics traveling party. Um, I'm throwing that out there now. I just got off the phone on that. So I'm that I, I, I haven't seen anything. That could be a possibility. I'm just saying, right? That would not be good. That not would be good if it knocks. Uh, I don't know how many players. And again, it's not even anymore about not having it ever, right? Because you're seeing examples where uh, guys have gotten it multiple times. So you look at, you know, Jason Tatum. We know he had it a year or so ago. Well, you know, if <laughs> he gets it. It was bad without Al Horford. It'd be really, really bad if Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown or one of those other guys. Though, you know. Well, uh, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you that, you know, Tatum is doubtful because he's in the protocol. So um, Horford, 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 what did I say? I say, excuse me, Horford. I can't do two things at once. Okay, here we go. Just came out. Uh, multiple backroom Celtic staff have tested positive for COVID. So <laughs> stay, let's stay tuned. You know, who knows what the hell happens? Um, I mean, if, if too many players become involved, are they going to move the games? Fine. I have no idea. You know, all this for me, since I'm, I'm already in, in a minority among Celtic, so we say, boosters, and that the, it's house money for me has been since the Nets series, okay? Right. So I'm in the whatever happens, happens. I'm resigned to bad things happening. Uh, I'm not going to freak out if if they got sabotaged by this yeah. uh anymore you know I, I, how can you, you can't. be surprised at anything we hear with regard to this okay so you know it's terrible of course it's terrible i mean okay. not well, with four for- teams left gary's got a good point right like if if you you've only got four teams it'd be one thing if you're you know you're in the first round all right you're not going to stop for a player on a team or something like that but now you're down to four teams and if 
if a team gets hit, do you just say, hey, listen, you know what? We're going to pause for a little bit. Or do you just say, hey, the bottom line is if we got a couple players getting hit now, we're probably going to have a couple more getting hit in a week. So let's just push through it. I mean, if the world didn't revolve around television, you could think about uh, you could think about postponements. But the world does revolve around television. It begins and ends with that in terms of scheduling. And so, you know, they're, they're going to want games. Yeah, win, win horses on this too from ESPN. Um, so that's a developing situation. All we can do is that we've put it out there for the sense of our discussion. No, I'm right. I, I think I think that there's a distinct possibility because of the amount of because you got four teams and you mentioned television, Bob. The longer the series goes, the more there's interest in you know you could delay. I wouldn't be. They've delayed the NBA finals before. I mean, listen, if this went into July. NBA- in my experience, has always been willing to make it up as they go along, and and different ways scheduling and and realignment positions right. and 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 all that. They 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 they've always been flexible in that regard. I mean, in the old days they were. So you know, I don't know. I mean, it's 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 it's, it's such a reminder that we're we're so far not out. We're just so much into this thing. It's not even close to being over. It may never be over in any of our lifetimes. It's just we're just going to be living with this thing indefinitely. Uh, and and I'm, I'm just getting resigned to that. Well, yeah, okay. I mean, listen, it, it certainly hurt the Celtics without, you know, being without Al. Oh. Uh, Rob Williams was good. But again, the, the, the beauty of having both those guys is, is they give you a completely different look. And Al is just so fundamentally sound and what he brings to the court, you know, even in terms of kind of keeping everybody even keel in a hostile environment when that game flipped. You don't know how he would have been able to change the game. I, he might have been nothing, but certainly being without Al Horford, you Smart and Lowry, I don't want to say are a wash because Lowry has not played well lately, but he's been hurt as well. Marcus Smart certainly been the better player this year, but I, I think Al was certainly a, a huge uh, omission, and, and they need him. Al is in a Udonis Haslam who actually plays. Right, right. Yes. <laughs> Right. I mean, so now there's no question, but all right, let's get right to this. Yeah, let's get to the series. I mean, the point is, I would just like to wrap this up by saying quickly that we all know if a Tatum or a Brown or if a big name test positive, they're going to delay this because they want those guys in the game. So moving on right to to the, to the, to the series itself after game one, uh, after, and Bob, I'll start with you. I wasn't sure they were going to beat the Nets because I thought Durant would be too much. I wasn't sure they were going to beat the Bucs because I thought the Freak would be too much. After the Game 6 win in Milwaukee, I'm a believer. The Game 1 loss was embarrassing. Third third quarter was awful. But I still think the Celtics can win this series. Well, I I just don't understand the third quarter in the context that where they should be at their their, uh, emotional and mental and, and development as a unit how they can play a third quarter like that in the context of this is baffling to me. The first half, I didn't remember thinking, here's what I was thinking at half. They shot 59% and only up eight. That was trouble right there. Never in my, there's nobody on earth that could conceive of what was going to happen in the third quarter, the way it did, 39-14. Eight, seven turnovers by one guy or six, whatever the hell it was, Tatum, uh, the best player on the team, having an, an abysmal throwback, setback game like that. I don't like that. I just don't understand how they can do that, how he can do that. I don't. I thought we were beyond that kind of crap. And, and you know, that. so I don't understand. They got, to, they got to prove something to me now after that. That was horrible and inexcusable. There's no excuse for, the, for that kind of mental letdown. 
And it was a mental letdown. So I don't understand that at all. That bothers me. They got a lot. They got to prove a lot to me. I want to make one large overriding point. Now get off the soapbox. What the playoffs have proven, time and again, and and right now and, and acutely, and and the other series and the uh, and the other uh, excuse me the other conference. Okay, there is no carryover as in general between game to game. None. Forget about momentum. It doesn't exist. If it ever did, all right. It's not the other side. The, Mar- the, the Mavericks have now played four consecutive games decided by 25 points. They won two. They lost two. That's a record. No one's ever played that. That's never happened in the history of the league. You look at some of the this wild swings in the Celtics, the momentum shift, excuse me, the, the, the shifts in, in the tempo, whatever. The last series, you know, we, we, it doesn't exist. So they can wipe the slate clean theoretically. But I don't like that they would allow something like that to happen. I mean, what's the explanation for that? Well, listen, Jalen Brown didn't play well in the game, period. And then you're so relying on Tatum without Smart and Hortford, and he came out and they got after him defensively. They did. They made it tough. He had no space. He made poor decision after poor decision. He reverted kind of back to almost early season Jason Tatum a little bit, right? Not trusting his teammates, making decisions, but making them a little bit too late where – I just feel like, and he said this to me earlier this year, and I kind of laughed at it, but he did say, when we're whole, when we're whole, we're really good. And I wonder if if that's true with this Celtics team is like, you take away a piece here. And, and, and I know they took away Rob Williams and they were fine without Rob for the most part. But, you know, you take away smart and his toughness and Hortford and his intangibles and leadership and calming demeanor and all that. I don't know, but man, you're right. Like Bob, and they look so good in the first half. So I guess, how do you explain it? You explain it from Miami's end. They came out and I'm sure Spo jumped them at half and said, you're not playing like Miami, like Jimmy Butler, like get up in them, get up in them here. And you're about toughness and they've been the tougher team. And they just came out and flipped it. I thought they set the tone. It's like a watching the hockey playoffs, right? And, and a team just comes out and they're hitting and they're, they're more aggressive. I felt like the Celtics were that in the first half, and then Miami came out and said, no, 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 we're not having that. Well, I've been saying all along during the whole playoffs that, that they're the most, in my word, reliable team of, of, the, of the four left. And that includes Golden State. Uh, I, I, I think Miami's the most reliable team. They also have a very interesting uh, uh, best player in that he had 41 points uh, with tw- uh, no three-point shots, right. two attempts over You love two. him. I, of course, you know how I feel about that, you know, and I love that. And but the point is, they're not dependent, uh, you know, unlike everybody else on, on on whether or not the threes are going down, as long as their best player doesn't even need a damn three. And and so that's a little extra little, uh, you know, twist to the currency here in this story. So I, I see now that people are writing and saying, oh, it's time to take Miami seriously or uh, or, or games. Right. I, I always it take always was. Seriously. Yes, Agre- we all agree there. We all agree there. Exactly. And by the way, there's a wonderful piece on uh, um, in the Times today about PJ Tucker, and and uh, you know he I love is, him. Oh, you know, and and you gotta if you love basketball, if you really understand and appreciate the game, this is the kind. This guy should be somebody that you treasure for what he brings to the table without ever scoring a point. And and he can't. I saw him. He still got Bob, that three point shot. Bob, I saw him. I remember when I first got into covering college basketball recruiting. I remember mm-hmm. seeing him on the AU circuit. And then 
it's funny, you know, he was that undersized six, six, five and a half, four man at that, at that time. And he goes to Texas and I loved him, loved him because this is how he's always played. He's never changed. He was a little more, he could score a little bit better back then, but, and then everybody, I remember everybody that came along after him, that was that undersized four man that played tough. He was PJ Tucker. Like that's who you instantly compared everybody to that was undersized and played with a ticker and just got after it was the next PJ Tucker. You know, I had a name. This is a name that I'm sure uh, hasn't been evoked in the NBA in, in 40 years, literally that suddenly it dawned on me this morning when I was having my morning coffee at my favorite place, Don Adams was a six foot five inch over uh, a power had played a power forward game for the Rockets in the, in the seventies. Okay. And when I did a book on the NBA called the the pro game in 1975, I used him as the example of, of, of how you can be a, this is when we were finally, this is when we were actually for the first time identifying quick forward, small forward versus power forward, as opposed to just forwards. And, and, and he was an anomaly at 6'5 as a power forward. So I've decided that what's happened here is that if you believe in reincarnation, that P.J. Tucker, that Don Adams has been reincarnated as P.J. Tucker. So there was a there was a precursor 40 years ago, Don Adams. I don't even know if he's still alive. I have no idea. But anyway, so anyway, P.J. is a, is an important piece of their puzzle. And, and uh, uh, you know, a guy you got to respect and honor. Before we move on to the West, I want to wrap yes. this up by talking about Tatum, because one of the things that I find frustrating is the advancement of crowning a player. And I think that that's happened to Tatum throughout his career. I think he's always been a step behind his praise and where he's at. He continues to progress. But I heard, oh, poor, and this drove me crazy. I had a Bob Ryan soapbox moment and nobody was in the car with me. Somebody <laughs> said Tatum was tired. He was tired because Miami had rest. And I went, really? Michael Jordan played with a hundred and whatever it was temperature. Okay. Bird played with bad backs. That's a dumb. Whoever said that that is. That is ridiculous. So Jeff, I'll let you take it from there. I mean, if Tatum is going to be the guy that he is, you can't have that excuse. But it's one game. Like we were praising Trey Young in the bubble, in the playing game this year. When he went for 40 against, I forget who it was, but it was a crappy team. He went for like 45 and everybody's like, Trey Young, he's a top five player now. Look at him. And then the next series, he was terrible. We're prisoners of the moment, right? Yeah. What we could say is Jason Tatum is, is a top 10 player in the NBA now. Overall. Guys, this is such a modern, I have to say, a talk show driven now, you know, talking head driven on television thing that didn't exist 30 or 40 years ago people these these kind of designations these these Quick jumps takes. to conclusions this this necessity to slot people uh, identify didn't exist so that, but this is where we are it's where we live in that's right so you gotta you, you, you know it's it and it's not it's a runaway He's train a top and, and 10 top, player that's what jason tatum is he is a top 10 player in the game right now on his best day he can look like the best player in in the nba on his worst day, he can look like he's not even a top 50 player. To me, on most days, Jason Tatum is a top five to 10 player in the NBA. This is a perfect segue to the other conference. Luka sure. Don- Luka Doncic yep. bleeped the bed last night. And you know the word begins with S. Yeah. Okay. 
this is after he was being, you know, lionized. Uh, Best player in the game, right? Best player in the right. game, Bob. Yeah, that's what they were saying. So he, you know, well, uh, that's what he looked like in the previous series. And now, and here he is, and he has a terrible game. And we're talking about Dallas and Golden State. Golden State yeah. threw a defense at him. Wiggins did a great job. And Don, yeah, and, and, Luka and, and did nothing. He not. had a bad night. And, and, he, and he's, anyway, and he'll bounce back. But I'm just saying, and he, he goes from, you know, is he the best player in the game to playing a, a crappy game? And we have, and they don't have enough to overcome that. I don't and know. that's the thing. That's the thing, right? Like, Luka, no matter what, they can get swept in this series. To me, Luke has still done a hell of a job to get him this far. They need more help. You have to put it in context, right? Like, it's not just, well, you know, again, Jason Tatum's got more to work with. He's got way more to work now. He needs Marcus Smart now. Hortford, he's got far more to work with, in all our opinions, than Luka does. So if Luka takes him this far and they get swept, to me, I still think he's done one hell of a job. And and it shows, to me, Mark Cuban, you got to get him more help. Yeah, I mean, listen, no one thought Dallas was going to be there. Right, right. I mean, I agree, Jeff, 100%. You can't count on Spencer Dinwiddie getting 30 every night. You no, know. no. Or Jalen Brunson every night doing right. it. I love Jalen Brunson. Me too. You know, I and, and, and the key here, too, is like Andrew Wiggins did a good job uh, on him. Andrew Wiggins is one of the, the great, like, he, he's always been a dilemma for me. Because, I again, I've seen him since he was 15 years old, the number one player in the country. One night he would look unbelievable. He would always play to the level of his competition. Oh, oh okay. Okay. And mm-hmm. he always had the ability to be an elite defender and never was, never was. And then he gets to the league and he's putting up 20 points a game at Minnesota and they give him a max contract and he hadn't guarded anybody at that point. So then he's thinking to himself, well, why am I going to defend? If you just paid me 30 million a year, <laughs> or what I've done, what you're telling me I'm worth that. Why am I going to, why do I got to do more than that? But then he gets to golden state, which is the ideal place for him, for anybody, right. For anybody, because what are they about? They're about the right thing. Steph clay say what you want about Draymond, but he is about winning. Cause if he wasn't, he'd want to score 20 a night. Right. And he doesn't care. He could score four points and get seven assists and be an elite defender and walk off the court, smile. You can again. You can criticize Draymond all you want for his big mouth. That dude is about winning first and foremost. So you put Andrew Wiggins around those guys. He's going to have to conform. He's going to have to understand defense matters, winning matters. My numbers, yeah, sure they're important, but the biggest thing for him is he's matured, and I think he showed that last night. Yeah, guys. The thing that I take from the series or, or what's happening right now is we understand Dallas is going to be out, and it's Golden State. You look at Golden State and Miami, and, I, and I'm with Bob. It's well said. A lot of people were looking past Miami. Uh, they are tough SOBs. Jimmy Butler came out, and he hit Tatum right in the mouth. Bottom line. It's the old Bill Parcells thing, Giants against the Bills. Get a 15-yard penalty in the first play. They're better than us, but you know what? We're going to beat the crap out of them. And that's exactly, what, that's exactly what Bob was talking about. So what we have here is we have a Miami team, and we have a Golden State team that has gravitas. They have pedigree. They have been there, Bob. That, to me, is the big thing, and, and I know that you love this. It's the intangibles of the game. Yes, the Celtics are the most talented, but Miami has that it factor. Uh, are you still – what are the chances the Celtics can come back and win this in your eyes? Oh, well, they're, they're good. I mean, uh, we know how talented they are. We saw that in the last series. They showed us 
game. They played two elimination games on a magnificent week. Uh, so we know it's there. I, I, I just don't have an ex- – as I said – You I still like have, Miami. I don't – no, I – well, they – no, I want to know. I'd say it's 50-50. I th- here's what I said. Uh, here's my prediction. Here's what I – when I was asked to predict, I hate predictions. And in this case, they said, who's going to win? I said, here's what's going to happen. They're going seven. And when you get the game seven, that's just what I said before game one, all right? You get the game seven, and one team is, is going to make 22 threes, and the other team's going to go four for 33. Uh, uh, ha, ha, ha. All right? Uh, gee, that can't happen, right? Oh, really? And no, but whoever shoots well, whoever makes the damn threes in game seven will win the game. I'll stay with it. Yeah. That's what this game has come to. That is yeah. what this game of basketball oh, right. NBA has come yeah. to. It's yeah. that simple. You get to the big game and you make your threes. You don't make your threes because they're not going to stop taking them. And Milwaukee's exhibit A, you would common sense if someone told you, you know, 30 years ago that the team would go four for 33 on this newfangled thing called the three. You say, why didn't they stop shooting? Why didn't they go for twos? Well, nobody thinks that way anymore. You keep shooting them because that's all they seem to know. And they have, by the way, they had Milwaukee. I'm, I'm, I'm back up on the box. I'm sorry, guys. They had a guy who knows how to play in a low post named Brooke Lopez. Now, he's reinvented himself as a three-point shooter, but he hasn't forgotten how to play in a low post either. They Maybe, could have he, has, they had- Maybe he has. Maybe he has. That's part of the problem. They, you oh. know, when they, I mean, again, Al Horford, his game has completely changed over the years now, right? It used to be 15-18. Now he doesn't take those. He's, he's, well, he's I mean, three. You know, I'm just – Here's the complete and total aside. I've thought about this. Do you know who was ahead of his time? Bill Ambeer. We used to, and I'll, I'll get the Bill Ambeer could make a three. He could make an outside shot. And he did. We used to kid about him. 6'11. This is, you know, the late 80s. And yeah. No post game. No right. post game at all. Never. And we used to kid right. about him I, 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 when he goes home in the summer. Instead of working on his post game, he works on his short game. <laughs> he loved golf. <laughs> yes. And that wasn't a joke. It was the gospel truth. Well, he was ahead of his time. I'm sure he's like, you don't think he's not thinking about this as he's sitting there oh. coaching in the WNBA. Oh man, I was made for this game. This yeah. one that they're playing now was me. <laughs> Brad Sellers, Bob. Brad Sellers would have today, right? Yeah. Uh, Jeff, who has, uh, who has a better chance against Golden State, Miami or Boston? Uh, it's a good question. Ooh, good one, Gare. Good one. Yeah, I, <laughs> good one, Gare. That I, I, I kind of, kind of like Boston. I, I kind of like Boston because I think they have a little bit more. They probably match up a little bit better. But again, Miami, you just look at them and you're like, okay, the backcourt of Gabe Vincent and Max Struess, like, like you just look at it. Okay, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson against <laughs> Gabe Vincent and Max Struess. Who, who are you taking? Sure. I mean, come on. And Jordan Poole. And Jordan Poole is the third guy. You know, they're Why? in the discussion is the, right now with the. But there's a but here, Bob Ryan. Give me the but. What's the but? No, uh, no, I, I would go. I would go Celtics. I still. I mean, I, Golden State is the favorite right now. They're the favorite oh, to win this. Vegas made them a, a huge favorite. They should I, win it. But we didn't say that. Like we never. I mean, we thought that early in the year because they were rolling early, right? And then they went and kind of a. They, they kind of went under the radar a little bit. What do you think Kevin Durant's going to think if Golden State cuts down the nets again this year? After I don't care what Kevin Kyrie. I don't, yeah, Thank you. I don't care. I he's going to get crushed. I can't wait to see him on Twitter if, if he, Golden State wins because he's going to get absolutely hammered. He <laughs> hey, before we move on to the draft, I know yeah. we're going draft. 
Yeah, I, I need to get Bob's thoughts on Patrick Beverly crushing oh. Chris Paul because I'm watching that. I was watching that live, and I, I generally don't watch. I try not to watch first take at all um, because my ears hurt afterwards, to be honest. I need Tylenol afterwards. But I watch. I was watching that. It was on SportsCenter at first, I think. And it, it was J.J. Redick, Patrick Beverly, and Mike Greenberg. And I really like Greeny a lot. I think he's he's really good at what he does. And I'm a huge J.J. Redick guy. I, I think he's the best there is right now, breaking down the NBA, being honest, and being recent. Like, I love Chuck because he's entertaining. And that group, they're fun to watch, entertaining. J.J. Redick was just in it. And he's super smart. And he's as honest as you can be, for the most part. So Patrick Beverly is killing Chris Paul, killing him. And I actually, I'm not the biggest Chris Paul guy. I, I will, I will give you, I don't know if I've ever told you this story, Bob, but the story dates back to um, when all this stuff came out about Donald Sterling and Chris Paul was with the Clippers and I was in Vegas and Chris Paul always coaches. He runs an AU program, CP3. And he's very, give him credit. He's there every summer there was this new event in Vegas where Carmelo was kind of coaching his team. There were eight teams. They're all coached by former current NBA players. So after, and obviously the Donald Sterling stuff was the story at that point. I think doc had just come out and said, I may not coach if Donald Sterling's still running the Clippers. He had just come out and maybe said that to somebody. So I go up to, to Chris after the game and, I got my recorder there and I'm asking him about Donald Sterling first, obviously. And then I'm asking him about his involvement with, with his AU program. And, you know, you know how it is. You kind of soften him up. I might've started with that. I might've started softening him up a little mm-hmm. bit with easy <clears throat> questions, softball one, then hit him with a, a little bit of Donald Sterling again, just getting his views. So after I worked, I was with ESPN at that point, after I finished, I wrote the story Obviously, the lead is going to be everything about his comments about Donald Sterling. And the other stuff, I probably didn't even put it in the story because they were going to cut it anyway. It was irrelevant. It was irrelevant to that story. I might have written something down the road about his involvement with his AU program, but I wasn't writing it then. So he calls me right after, after it's posted, all upset, all upset that I wrote it. And I'm like, dude, like you, you saw the, the phone the, – recorder in front of you you knew I was recording it you you you've answered all the questions about Donald Sterling like what's your problem and ever since he has literally not looked at me like <laughs> I did something wrong and I'm like I and I've just heard so much about Chris Paul over the years again really good about how hard he prepares and and you know practices shoot you know playing pickup he's always playing like it's a, a playoff game I'll give him credit for all that but a little bit fraudulent in how he conducts himself. So I was like, when Patrick Beverly's saying this stuff, I kind of was like, all right, I kind of like this a little bit, but, but he went too far. I was watching it uh, with my daughter and, and we're going and, and they're saying, Pat, I'm going, who's, we don't know who it was. Yeah. I didn't know what he, I didn't know what Pat, what Beverly, and the only Pat, in, and I just didn't think of The only Pat I could think of in the league at the present time is Patrick Williams. And I said, it's not Patrick Williams. He wouldn't even be in. Why would he be there? And it's not Pat. And then finally, when I learned that it was Beverly, okay, there's something going on. Like, I think it's pretty obvious that there's a, there's a, and it turns out there was something of a history between the two. Okay. Yep. 
um, there would have been a way to, to have a, a, a thoughtful, professional, gentle criticism, uh, you know, that Chris Paul had, had slipped. And, and after the games one and two, he was very, very inefficient. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. Uh, the venom that was pouring out of Patrick Beverly. Too much. It was totally personal, yep. in my opinion. Didn't say it was inaccurate, but it was totally, per- you know, but it was over the top. and It personal. was inaccurate. It was inaccurate. I mean, it was too far. If he had said, you know, like he just, he went too far with it. And then what did he do? He did something else right after that. He hit on something else that made me say like, all right, he has no clue. Oh, I think it was James Harden, who's his boy. And he admitted that he said like, you know, that's my twin or something like that. And then he went on to say that James Harden deserves a supermax or a max contract right now. Like, come on, man. Like, no. like what do you, and JJ Reddick looked at him like, dude, what's wrong with you? So like, I like Beverly's, well, lack of filter, I guess. Oh, honestly, it was, a, wrong it was compelling television and Correct. Greeny basically had lost, he hadn't lost control. He ceded control yeah. of the show. I mean, no kidding. I think they blew through a commercial. I think they blew through a, a sure no. what I saw somewhere. Uh, you know, I mean, he wasn't going to put the stops to it. This is he knows he's a veteran on top. This is incredible television. Oh, yeah. This is going to have legs. This Click. is going to have resonance. Click. This is going to be talked about in the world. This is good for us. You know, you keep Patrick Beverly. If you are a top guy assigning stuff at ESPN. Are you putting Patrick Beverly on every moment you can for the rest well, of this? He, he wound up making a car wash to, to appearance. I think uh, he was on yesterday morning that he was on, 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 uh, you know, the morning show. Well, yeah. Car wash, by the way, is big. You go on every show at ESPN. Yeah. When ESPN, I, you know, yeah. Go the whole it's a nickname for the, you go on every wash. show. Guys, I want to get to the draft. And, yeah, uh, uh, real quick though, this portion of, um, the Ryan Goodman Podcast brought to you by LinkedIn. Spring is in the air. Time for renewal and growth. LinkedIn, they got a job for you. Uh, faster and easier, and it's for free. Create a job post within minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network. 810 million people. Simple tools like screening questions. They make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find candidates that you want to talk to. All right, here's the deal. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash scribe. That's linkedin.com slash scribe to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Jeff, you want to talk about, uh, well, Bob wants you to talk about the upcoming draft. Yeah. Well, so, I'm going to interview Jeff. I'm going to, all right, Jeff. Overall, um, how would you describe this draft in terms of A, star power, and B, overall depth in the first round? I like it. And usually I'm the one, if, if you can remember, I'm the one hammering the draft a little bit. Mm-hmm. I like it. I think there's three guys that have a legitimate shot at being the number one pick. They're all very different. Four and five are going to be very interesting. They're similar. Um, but, you know, one, two, and three, to me, you know, again, Jabari Smith is six nine freshman out of Auburn who shoots the hell out of the ball. He's kind of that... He's not Jason Tatum because he hasn't shown he can put on the floor yet. And, but like he can be that down the road. I could see him as that versatile forward, but he shot so well from three, so smooth. Got the size, the length, great kid, great teammate, all that. He's the leading candidate to me for the number one pick. Now, Orlando 
has a guy that's not similar, but a little bit similar in Jonathan Isaac, but he's been hurt for two years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He hadn't played. So what do you do there? Okay. Uh, So for people, so Boncaro and the third question, the question is Chet Holmgren. I want to get to Boncaro first. My observation to Boncaro, I can see all the skill set. It's obvious. But the motor idled a lot at times, I thought. There were, yep. uh, he, he absented himself of what was going on at times. And um, I, I, you know, I don't know. Other than that, I mean, yeah, he's got the skill set on paper. But uh, he, he's, not, he's not a – am I right? Do you, do, do you agree with I that mean, assessment? Bob, it wouldn't shock me if he's a 20-10 and 10 guy in the NBA. All right. It wouldn't shock me. He looks – he's bigger than Chris Webber. He's bigger and stronger. But he's got a similar, not the passer Chris Weber is, but he's got a little bit of that face-up game. He can go in the post and dominate. I just think, listen, think about this. If you put him in the post as a four-man and you tell Jason Tatum, who's been in the league for five years right now, who's big and strong right now, go try to guard Paulo in the, in the post. Paulo is going to take him in the post and drive him to the rim. He's that strong. He's that big. He's going to be a problem in the NBA. And to be honest, He's the one who's ready made to make an impact now because of his body and his length, his athleticism. He's going to be a good player. I, I don't know if he's going to be a, a franchise changing player, but he, I, I think he'll be a, an all-star player. All right. Now we come to the most intriguing player, not only this year, but in, in many years and yeah. maybe in the entire history of the draft uh, kind of guy, Chet Holmgren. And I'll just say that at the outset, Tall people with that body type, name one that that became a star. Name one that that lasted in the league. He is the skinniest tall player of consequence I have ever seen. This comes on the link on on the link of the the skinniest player, uh, you know, uh, Brandon Ingram uh, that's been good in this league in many years. But he's six 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 seven. This guy is seven feet tall, weighs one hundred and ninety five. Maybe that's bulked up. Um, what uh, you're a fan, right? Well, you you can't not be a fan of Chet the talent. You can't <laughs> not be a fan. He's seven feet. He can shoot threes. He can block shots. He runs the court. He plays hard. He plays with an edge. He knows he's a dork. Like <laughs> I, I like Chet. I do. I like Chet. Oh, I, I want to love Chet, but I'm scared of Chet. I'm if I'm an NBA GM, I'm terrified of taking Chet because. I'm watching the other guy, Anthony Davis, over there, and he can barely stay on the court. I'm watching Porzingis. He can barely stay on the court. And they're bigger and stronger and have more room up here to be able to add some weight than Mm -hmm. Chet. I mean, Chet's got kind of that inverted chest. You just don't see him being able to easily add weight. And if he doesn't, even though he's 7-1 and can block shots and, and did it at a high level, well, he did it at a high level in the WCC. There's a big difference between the WCC and trying to do in the NBA where those guys are going to drive him through the rim. I got to read you something that just makes me laugh. But I mean, uh, this is in today's USA Today. And on the subject of Keegan Murray, who, by the way, I like. That's one guy that caught my eye this year. Uh, And Murray, 21, is one of the oldest projected lottery picks and could have an immediate NBA impact. Is that where we've come to, huh? Jeff Goodman and Gary Tangway, 21 is a gray beard among the lottery picks in the 2022 draft. Yes. 
Larry was 23. Larry turned 23 on December 7th of his rookie year. (laughs) Just so you know. Uh, Put that in context. Listen, before we finish with the draft, and I know we'll do it again. Oh, yeah. Over here these next six weeks. The the name that I want you to pay attention to is Shaden Sharp. And I mentioned him, I think, to you before. Yeah, I I know nothing. I'm like Sergeant Schultz, and it's not willful. I know nothing about Shaden Sharp. Go ahead. Six, five, six, six. I saw him play multiple times last year in July at the Peach Jam down in Augusta. And man, did he blow me away. Six, five, six, six, Canadian kid, super athletic, Another can get team. to the rim, can pull up, can score. Streaky shooter, streaky shooter, but great size. Now, the, the knock on him is does he play hard all the time? I only saw him play three times. And all three, he was tremendous. So I walked away saying, you know what? And I still say this, Bob, he could be the best player to come out of this draft. He'll probably go fifth. That's my guess, somewhere in that four, five, six range. Which would be enrolled early at Kentucky and did not play. Right. Um, But he's older. Yeah, he's older because he's Canadian. And I think if you're patient with Shaden Sharp and you get him around in the right franchise where they can teach him. Like if you put him with Jimmy Butler or Draymond or somebody that's going to teach him work ethic and really bring him into the gym every single day, I think Shaden Sharp could be special. Guys, thank you very much. Bob, do you have a final word? You well, go. I was just going to say, uh, I don't know if Malcolm Brogdon qualifies in that regard and even whether he'll stay with Indiana, but perhaps he could fulfill that role. He's, a, you know, he's an extremely mature guy. So, okay. Well, that's good. That, that, I we, we all need to be educated on him. Well, we're going to, yeah, we're going to have further discussions down the road. I got more questions that are bubbling here and uh, that'll be fine, but still you know, we, we got plenty of time to do it. All right, Bob. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you guys. We'll talk to you next week and hopefully uh, the Celtics will be able to field a team. Yes. 